voters in northwest Arkansas and the River Valley have a little unfinished business before they can close the books on the spring primary election. Hello, my name is Rusty Turner, and I'm the editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and this is the Know the News podcast. A number of runoff elections are set for June 21st, and they'll determine party nominees for state legislative and county offices. There's also some runoffs for school board, and they're probably more than you think. Today, Doug Thompson, the political reporter for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and I will talk about some of the more prominent races. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. So let's talk about the local legislative runoffs first. (laughs) The most hotly contested runoff in the state is between a couple of old political foes in the eastern edge of our coverage area. It's in State Senate District 28, which is a new number for that that part of the state because of redistricting. And it's a Republican runoff between the incumbent, Bob Ballinger, Senator Bob Ballinger, Mm -hmm. and a former state senator, Brian King. That that district takes in all of Madison and Carroll counties and parts of Boone, Newton, Johnson, and Franklin counties. Mm -hmm. And Doug, why is this race so spicy? Well, because Brian King isn't just a former senator, he is a former senator because Bob Ballinger defeated him in 2020, in uh, 2018. And uh, this is very much a rematch, but it's not a rematch on the same playing field. The, as you mentioned, uh, we, we redraw legislative boundaries after each U.S. census that was redistricting. And it is now a much more compact, much more of a north-central Arkansas district. I mean, the old district, uh, the one King was representing when he got defeated, stretched all the way from the Missouri line down to south of the Arkansas River. Uh, This is a much more centralized, I'll put it, but it's still pretty sprawling. I mean, it is a rural area. But yeah, it's a rematch between the two. And uh, when you said it is the most heavily uh, contested race, not only that, it is the most expensive legislative race in Arkansas. Um, Between them, uh, Mr. Ballinger and and Mr. King uh, raised more than $200,000, and that figure is old. That's what they just raised for the primary race. They had uh, two other candidates in the Republican primary. They, uh, you know... Under state law, if you don't win a majority in the primary, you got to, if no candidates win a majority in the primary, then the top two have a runoff, and that's why we're having it. Uh, so, yeah, it is, a, uh, it is a lively contest between these two gentlemen. I, and I, I, don't think I'm, I, I don't think I'm mixing in too much uh, editorial comment when I say that both these candidates are somewhat controversial mm-hmm. uh, in, their, in, their, in their past record and, and, and things like that. So uh, that kind of makes it uh, even draws a little bit more attention, I think, to, the, to this race. Well, Brian King in particular is, uh, is uh, something of a crusader uh, saying he wanted to, um, you know, once corruption cleaned up, in the Arkansas legislature, uh, Mr. Ballinger is controversial because he's at least uh, outside of his district. He's controversial because he's quite conservative. Now, let me let me also add that you know Mr. King's quite conservative too. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to, like I say, it um, it's gotten quite a bit of discussion. And on top of that, I'm, I'd mentioned that it's the most expensive race. That doesn't include all the money outside groups are spending in this thing. 
which we will only be able to add up after the race is over, unfortunately, the way the laws are, are structured. Yeah. So, yeah, it, um, these two men know each other. Yeah. They have traded punches before. Well, and, and you mentioned, you know, Brian King fancies himself a crusader against uh, corruption in the legislature. And, mm-hmm. and um, Senator Ballinger has, you know, had some, you know, had some contact with the, uh, uh, the, the Ecclesia College grants that, that got a couple of lawmakers uh, in quite a bit of legal trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he was never, uh, never accused of any crimes. Senator Ballinger was never accused of any crimes. Doesn't look like there was anything anything there than other just just his legal business and his and his uh, uh, approval of, of some grants uh, at the time that that uh, uh, were within the law but uh, but I would I would suspect mr. King has made that a part of his campaign with against mr. Ballard. every lawmaker who ever gave a grant to Ecclesia College has um, suffered for it I'll put it that way Although there is, there was no evidence that anybody except the people who actually went to jail uh, took any, took any uh, kickbacks from the college. In addition to that, um, you know, frankly, it was very thoroughly investigated, and if there had been any evidence that, that Mr. Ballinger or others had taken kickbacks, uh, frankly, I'm pretty sure they'd have been arrested for it. And let, let's be this be clear: the the kickbacks didn't come from the college. They came, uh, uh, they were they were associated with grants that went to the college. But the college wasn't the one paying. The college kickback. wasn't the one paying it. The, yeah. the president of the college was. Yes. So, anything else about that race that that that, uh, that that comes to mind? It will be very interesting to see who who prevails. It will be indeed. All right, and I I should mention that the winner. Um, will uh, will face uh, a Democrat, Jim Wallace, mm-hmm. in the November general election. So uh, it's not guaranteed that either one of them uh, will will uh, will will take the office. But it is a very red area, so it's uh, it's very likely the Republican will win. Keeping in mind that the borders have changed, mm-hmm. Mr. Ballinger defeated Mr. Wallace in the 2018 election by better than two to one. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that will be interesting. And, we, and as you said, because the boundaries have changed, we really don't know exactly how it will come out. So uh, let's move on to another state Senate runoff in our area. And this one involves uh, uh, District 35. Again, that's a new number uh, mm-hmm. for, for that particular area of, of Northwest Arkansas. And a sitting House member, Gayla McKenzie, is running for that state Senate seat uh, against a newcomer, Tyler Dees. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some interesting aspects to that race uh, <laughs> when it comes to family and, and that sort of thing. So why don't you tell us about that? Well, uh, Ms. McKenzie is the sister of uh, the sitting senator, uh, Jim Hendren. Uh, Mr. Hendren decided against running again. He's also pretty famous statewide for for having declared himself an independent. Um, This was not long after the the events of January the 6th. And uh, he, he, he decided against running again, and his, and his sister is running for the Republican nomination. It's tempting to, to, to see this all, to, to view this, uh, tempting to politicos to view this as some sort of reference on, on Mr. Hendren, but I would argue that um, it's much more of a, a contest of... Um, Siloam Springs is the biggest town in this district. 
Siloam Springs has not had a senator who comes from this district. Uh, a senator who, rep who comes from Siloam Springs representing this district since John Brown III was term limited in 2002. Okay, now the Hendrons, Jim Hendron was able to win that district because he's well known and he's a former member of the House and quite conservative and was leader at the time in the Republican Party. And that district has lost a large swathe of Bella Vista in redistricting. Uh, Siloam carries even more weight than it used to in that district. So, yeah, uh, just not, I'm not taking anything away from Mr. Dees at all. He's run an excellent campaign. He's made a very impressive debut uh, in, in politics, but it's simply a political fact of life that zip code still matters. And he lives and works in Siloam and is well-known, lived there all his life, uh, practically. So that's going to be, I'm not counting McKenzie out either. Um, it's, it should also be noted that that district contains a lot more of Washington County than it used to. It runs the whole border of Arkansas from the, from the Missouri line down to, to south of, of Lincoln. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And Galen McKenzie, she's from the Gravit area. She's correct. from the Gravit area. As a matter of fact, she appeared at the election commission, uh, Benton County Election Commission recently and, and, and said, look, we need, we need an early voting site and grab it. Um, and notably, she has said that, uh, look, win or lose, I'm still going to be pushing for an early voting site and grab it because it's an hour's drive back and forth to the county clerk's office or the satellite county clerk's office in uh, Siloam. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Um, and I'll... Switch over to the uh, to the House side. Uh, we've got a Republican runoff in the district that would have been Gayla McKenzie's district, mm -hmm. which is uh, northwest Benton County, which stretches over into Bella Vista, mm -hmm. uh, and that is that's now District Twelve mm -hmm. in the House side, and that's a race between uh, Jay Oliphant and Hope Duke. So, what can you tell us about this race? Well, it's Hope Hendren Duke. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Miss Duke is Gayla's sister, Gayla and Jim's sister, and all of them are the children of Kim Hendren, who, of course, was state representative and and uh, senator up there forever. And uh, they they so she out. They, but the actually the more interesting thing about this race is this is a contest between two members of the Gravit School Board. Both of them are on it. Uh, Mr. Oliphant is the president of it. And uh, all of them have got, you know, solid Republican bona fides and such as that. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that's a race between, they've been, they've been friendly so far, uh, at least to my knowledge. And uh, we'll see which one. Both of them have a record to run on. Let's put it that way. So I mm -hmm. neglected to say something a little earlier when we were talking about the state Senate District 35 between mm -hmm. Gayla McKenzie and Tyler Dees. Uh, there's no Democrat for either of them to face in the fall, but there is a Libertarian gentleman named Doug Peterson. So, That's so true. There, is, there will be a little, a little work left to do for them in the fall. Mm -hmm. And then in this race here, House District 12, uh, same situation. There's no Democrat, but there is a Libertarian on the general election ballot, a gentleman named Michael Gill, who's a Libertarian. Uh, so, uh, 
in District 12, as, as we said, a little more work to do. So now let's talk about District 13. Uh, that encompasses sort of central Bentonville and Rogers. Right. Uh, and that's got a political newcomer, mm-hmm. um, Denise uh, Bugus, uh, mm-hmm. I believe is her name. Mm-hmm. And she's matched up against Scott Richardson, who is not a political new- <laughs> newcomer. Uh, this is his third attempt, in fact, to, uh, to to get into the state legislature. So tell us a little bit about that Republican primary. Oh, first, Mr. Richardson is one of the most determined candidates I've ever I've ever seen. He uh, he came within twelve votes of unseating an an incumbent in twenty eighteen. He it was it was incredibly close, and then he ran again. Uh, in 2020 and was actually leading in the primary, but that also resulted in a runoff, and his opponent, Representative uh, Delia Hake, got her people back to the polls for the runoff, low turnout. She won now, thanks to the redistricting that that keeps coming up. Uh, Ms. Hake is an entirely separate House district, and this is a brand spanking new district that no one's ever ever run it before. Now, Ms. Bugos is a successful businesswoman, long been active in Republican politics, uh, was actually narrowly leading the four-person field uh, in the Republican primary on this, Uh, 37%, and Mr. Richardson had uh, 37, uh, I'm sorry, 33.7, very close, it's even closer than it sounds because Ms., Ms. Bugus had 764 votes, and Mr. Richardson was close behind with 696. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of votes out there. Um, it should be mentioned that, that Aubrey Patterson and Greg Payne, the two people who were eliminated in the primary, have endorsed Mr. Richardson. So we'll see what happens. But I also noticed in, in your coverage of this that, that uh, while Mr. Richardson has uh, endorsements from both their former opponents. Miss um, uh, Bugas has quite a bit of money in her in her uh, campaign war chest. A lot of money, something like seventy thousand dollars, and that's an old figure also mm-hmm. that needs to be updated. But yeah, and Mr. Richardson's got nowhere near that. Doesn't even have half of that. So we'll see what happens. Um, and in addition to that, Miss um, Bugas is articulate. She's like I say, she's a freshman, but she runs like she's done this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see which of them can get their people to come back. On that is the key to a runoff is is uh, who, is who gets your who who gets their voters back to the polls three weeks after the fact. That is absolutely correct. Uh, I should miss it, mention that in District 13 there is a Democrat uh, yes. on the ballot in the fall. It's Jen Standifer, and so whoever wins between. Uh, uh, Ms. Bugas and, and Scott, Mr. Richardson uh, will, will have a Democratic opponent in the fall. And there again, this is a new district, so we really don't know how the votes will break down. It's mm-hmm. a very conservative area, so you would, you know, mm-hmm. conventional wisdom indicates that the Republican has a huge advantage, but with these new lines, we're really not sure. Really not sure, and I do want to mention this. There are only two races in the whole state of Arkansas that had four people in their primaries and an opposition party, a major party opposition opponent waiting for them in the, in the fall for a grand total of five. Those were Senate District 28, which we <laughs> led off this discussion with, and this House District, House District 13. These are the two most contested races in all of Arkansas. 
And let's talk about one more race in detail. Down in Washington County, we have a Republican runoff uh, between Kendra Moore and Jim Wilson. This is District 23. It includes West and Central Washington County, and that means Prairie Grove, Lincoln, West Fork, and those communities. So uh, what can you tell us about that one? Once again, we have a freshman making a, uh, a, a debut pretty impressively. Uh, Mr. Wilson is a member of the Quorum Court. Okay, he's, he's, he's been in an election before. He's also, he was Faye Bozeman's chief of staff uh, at the health department and worked for the Huckabee administration before that. Then we have Kendra Moore, who uh, from Lincoln has a member of the Lincoln School Board, so she's not a complete novice at running, running here. But in a three-person race, she got 47.1%. So she narrowly uh, uh, missed uh, winning on the first ballot. Narrowly missed winning on the first ballot. It was, yeah, it was, it was for, like I say, for a, a, a debut performance, it was pretty impressive. Now, we're going into runoff, though, and as we keep saying, what matters is which voters can you get to come back. And uh, that's going to, and that, so I'm not saying she's got it in the bag by any means. But, uh, you know, Mr. Wilson's uh, been a loyal Republican. He's been active in county Republican politics for, for years and years. So we'll see how, how uh, many people he can, he can get to come back. Um, but, yeah, that, this is a district that is very largely rural. This is very much small town Washington County get their own house district. And we'll see who, who they think can best represent it. Yeah, in the recent past, those small, small communities had to, uh, were part of districts that included, you know, chunks of Fayetteville or chunks of Springdale or yeah. in some cases Salem Springs. So this is a, this is a, very, a, a very different character, I think, for this district than it has a been. Very different character for, for, for these areas. I mean, like you say, the, not all of Fayetteville, not all of Springdale would fit into one house district. Mm -hmm. So these folks always had to be represented by somebody who's where most of the votes were in Fayetteville, and that's just not true anymore. Yeah. So uh, I should say there is also in District 13, there is, or excuse me, District 23, there's no Democrat on the ballot in the fall. There is, however, a Libertarian. Ryan Hansen. So yes. there will be uh, there will be a general election in that district. Um, before we move on, I want, do want to mention two other um, legislative runoffs in our in our area. Uh, district 27. That is North Central Arkansas. That includes all of Newton County, which mm -hmm. is on the on the uh, eastern edge of our of our coverage area. Uh, Steve Walker and Timmy Reed uh, will face each other in that runoff on June 21st. And the winner will uh, will win the seat because there is no Democrat or Libertarian in the fall. Mm -hmm. And then also District 52, let's go south of here. It's part of Sebastian County, Scott, and Logan County, and some other areas. Uh, that's Mike Jones and Marcus Richmond. They're both Republican candidates. And the winner uh, will face an independent in the fall, uh, John Catlett. So those are two other races that, that we're watching. Um, there's also a, a, a number of county office runoffs, and I'm going to go through a list here of those in some of the other counties, and then we're going to talk about one of those races. Mm -hmm. uh, in Carroll County, um, the Republican uh, runoff is for county judge is between Bud Phillips and David uh, uh, Winter, and the winner will face a Democrat, James Rusterholz Jr., in the fall. In Crawford County, um, for county judge, we have a runoff in the Republican primary between Chris Keith and Raymond Harvey, and that person will win, win the seat because there's no opposition in the fall. 
In the Crawford County Sheriff Republican primary, we have Daniel Perry and Shannon Gregory, and the winner of the runoff will also take office in the, because there's no opposition in the fall. And then also Crawford County Clerk, Tim Walker and Stacy Shelley in the Republican primary. And again, the winner will take office because there is no opposition in the fall. Up in Boone County, uh, around Harrison, uh, we, have a, um, we have a runoff for the Republican nomination for county judge, uh, Robert Hathaway and Bobby Woods. And again, no Democrat or Libertarian on the, on the fall ballot, so whoever wins that will win the, win the seat. In Johnson County, there's a, there's a runoff for the treasurer-collector, uh, Allison Jackson and Melanie Cowell, both Republicans. The winner will be elected because there's no Democrat uh, or Libertarian on the ballot in the fall. And then finally, in Sebastian County, we've got a treasurer and collector's race between Laura Rice and Ken Blevins. Uh, and again, uh, no Democrat or Libertarian, so the winner there will, will take office. Now, there's one other Republican primary we want to talk about. It's in Washington County, and it's a kind of a big one. It's one of the bigger counties we cover, and it's also a, an open seat. So let's talk just a minute about the Republican primary for a Washington County judge between Justice of the Peace Patrick Deacons uh, and Mark Scalise. They face each other for that GOP nomination. And uh, uh, Patrick Deacons has been on the Corn Court several years. He's... Uh, He's he's one of the uh, one of the more outspoken and and uh, uh, members of the court. He's worked uh, on uh, all kinds of criminal justice issues. He's worked on finance issues and and has been uh, been a leader on the court uh, on the conservative side. And and um, uh, he's he will be a formidable candidate. Mark Scalise is a uh, is an attorney. He's a former candidate for judge uh, for for um, district judge. And uh, he's a businessman, and he actually finished ahead of uh, Mr. Deacons in the in the uh, in the original primary when the other candidates were eliminated. There were four other candidates in that race, uh, and so uh, they're all seek, trying seeking to replace Joseph Wood. He's the sitting county judge in Washington County who uh, ran unsuccessfully for the Republican nomination for lieutenant governor. So, uh, and you think having a having a high profile Republican runoff might have some impact on some other races in Washington County. Is that right, Doug? I'm very interested to see what effect, if any, this has on the House 23 race mm -hmm. and on the Senate 35 race. Remember, a considerable part of Senate District 35 is in Washington County. And the people who, who might not turn out for a legislative race between candidates they don't know well might very well turn out for a county judge's race. And as long as they're there, they might as well mark the ballot. Uh, one thing we should mention in regards to that, um, if you voted in the Democratic primary, you cannot vote in the Republican runoff. You can vote in November, but that's something we always say. And I, I am curious, the one thing I wish I could track is how many people who uh, normally vote Democratic voted in Republican primaries this time because all, all so many close races. But yeah, including the county judges race. But I don't know what that figure is. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see if uh, we have a better uh, runoff turnout than normal in this legislative race because of the Washington County judges race. Right. 
on that crossover voting you mentioned, uh, Republicans voting in the Democratic primary or Democrats voting in the Republican primary. That's a that's an old Arkansas tradition. It goes back a long time. Goes back, back in, a long time. Back back in the days when when everybody everybody elected in the state just about was a Democrat. Lots of Republicans voted in Democratic primaries mm-hmm. because it was the only way to have a voice in local in local elections. And now the opposite is true. A lot of Democrats end up voting in Republican primaries so they can have a vote in local, have a voice in local elections. That's so, exactly right. So uh, I will mention, uh, one thing I'll mention about that is that uh, there is a Democrat running for Washington County judge. He uh, he won his primary. His name is Josh Moody. So uh, either Mr. Deacons or Mr. Scalise will face uh, Josh Moody in the fall for Washington County judge. Uh, and there is one other runoff in Washington County. I should mention District 14 Justice of the Peace. Aaron Wood and Gary Ricker face off, and uh, the winner will face Don Cannon in the fall. She's a Democrat. Uh, there are also a number of school board runoffs uh, uh, on the ballot uh, in, in the coverage area. I do want to mention one of those specifically, just, uh, just because it's been in the news lately, over in Huntsville um, in Madison County. Uh, you know, there's been... Uh, quite the uh, uh, quite the controversy over uh, the school board's handling of a Title IX complaint, where some students in the junior high on the junior high basketball team complained of being uh, uh, abused and and uh, uh, hazed, and then abused physically and sexually abused in uh, in in the locker rooms after games. Uh, uh, the the school board. Uh, got in some trouble for violating the Freedom of Information Act. There were some records they didn't release. Uh, they voted to reduce the punishment for for some of the players involved in the uh, um, some of the junior high players involved in the incident, and it really stirred up a lot of controversy in Madison County. So much so that they had 17 people running for Huntsville School Board in this election in the spring, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, of the sitting school board members, only one will be returning to the to the Huntsville School Board. Um, he, that person ran uh, unopposed. Uh, three sitting school board members chose not to run, and the other three were soundly defeated uh, in the election. So uh, it's going to be an entirely new school board in Huntsville. Uh, but I'll mention the runoffs. Uh, by the way, none of the uh, you know the three the three candidates who did run for re-election, none of them made a runoff, so they're out. Uh, but I will mention um, I will mention two uh, those two runoffs in Madison County. It's uh, Benjamin Wrightsell versus Bob, Bobby Ray Gulledge for Zone One, and uh, Connie Tenberg and Brady Cotton for Zone Three. I would also mention Benjamin Wrightsell. He was the plaintiff in mm-hmm. in uh, one of the Freedom of Information Act cases that went against the Huntsville School Board. So uh, the, the the voters over there are paying attention uh, to what's happening with the school board election. Sounds like the voters over there punished their school board for letting this, for basically ignoring a scandal in the situation that yeah. has now earned them nationwide notoriety. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, that... Uh, uh, and I, I should also point out, we're talking about school board uh, elections. Uh, those are also nonpartisan elections. Yes. Um, the way Arkansas school boards work now is that schools can choose to have their election, their school board elections, school districts can choose to have their school de- uh, board elections either in the spring, on uh, the March primary date, or in the fall on the general election date. And, uh, and so some school boards are electing school board members now. Some school boards will elect them in the fall. Uh, and uh, so that's why we have we have um, uh, a little different election cycle in some places. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, from a statewide perspective, Doug, the, the most interesting story about runoffs may be that there wasn't one uh, in the lieutenant governor's uh, Republican primary. You want to you wanna talk about that for a minute? Oh, Le- Leslie Rutledge was the attorney general, and Leslie Rutledge got, went into the lieutenant governor's race when it became perfectly obvious that no force on earth could stop Sarah Huckabee <laughs> from getting the Republican nomination. For governor. For governor, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was just, you know, uh, Miss Rutledge has a commendable ability to read a poll. Yeah. And uh, went into the lieutenant governor's race, which was already crowded. You've already mentioned Ms. Uh, County Judge Wood. Uh, we had uh, uh, a notable state senator, Jason Rapert of Conway, running for the thing, who I think it's safe to say was probably the front runner. Uh, we had uh, Doyle Webb, former Republican Party chairman, and uh, Mr. Beckett, a businessman from Little Rock. And don't forget Greg Bledsoe, who was the. And Greg Bledsoe. Who was the. Very much so. The Thank uh, you. Surgeon General of Arkansas. Surgeon General. I mean, it wasn't exactly, you know, a, a field of unknowns here. Every one of these people had would have, in a normal year, had a, had a pretty good chance. But, like I say, Miss Rutledge was the Attorney General. She's been a very active Attorney General, and she carried it yeah. uh, with not a whole lot of difficulty, as I recall. Well, and, and mm-hmm. you know, it it was perhaps a little surprising because she had, as you mentioned, initially announced to run for governor before right. Sarah Sanders Huckabee, excuse mm-hmm. me, Sarah Huckabee Sanders entered right. the race um, and stayed in for a little while. Stayed in for a long time. <laughs> uh, uh, before it became apparent that, that, uh, that uh, it was going to be to, to tall a hill to climb, mm-hmm. and then entered the lieutenant governor's race because she was term limited as attorney general. Mm-hmm. And um, and meanwhile, the lieutenant governor entered <laughs> the attorney general's yeah. race. Who also wanted to run for governor. Who <laughs> wanted to run for governor. <laughs> that would be Tim Griffin, who had, had, had made clear his plans to run for governor before Sarah Huckabee Sanders showed, uh, showed back up. Uh, he switched over and ran for attorney general and won handily. So. Yeah. Uh, but back to the lieutenant governor's race, there's six candidates, Leslie Rutledge being, mm-hmm. uh, uh, being one of them, and uh, uh, who, who really didn't want the job or didn't appear to want to, the job at first, uh, ended up winning easily. Oh, yeah. Like I say, it's all about name recognition. It's all about, you know, being, having a high profile. Why is Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, uh, so indomitable in the governor's race? Because she's widely known. Uh, or at least widely recognized. Leslie Rutledge, same thing. Tiffin Griffin, I'd argue the same thing. Um, yeah, it's all about, uh, I hate to use the word celebrity, that's still a word I, I associate with movie stars, but that's what we're looking at here. Yeah. So that's so no problem. So uh, um, we mentioned Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who will face Chris Jones, yes. the Democrat, in the, uh, in the fall. Um, so we're either going to have our first woman governor of Arkansas mm-hmm. or our first African-American governor of Arkansas. Um, one of the two. We're headed to make history. That's we're right. One way or the other, we're going to make history. And, and we will have, either way, our first lieutenant governor, female lieutenant governor, because it'll be Leslie mm-hmm. Rutledge or Kelly Kraut, the Democrat who's running. That's uh, true. And, That's true also. Right. And uh, so uh, there'll be some, 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 some firsts uh, this uh a little uh, teeny tiny bit of diversity, yes, one way or the other. Yeah, there'll be some firsts this fall <laughs> in statewide uh, elections. Um, now, there is one statewide runoff, 
but it's not happening June 21st. It's happening November 8th, and that's uh, that's because it's a it's a nonpartisan or supposedly nonpartisan judicial election for a seat on the state supreme court. So, uh, and let's talk about that for just a minute. Uh, Doug, first off, why is the runoff for this office in November and not June? They because we, we adopted fairly recently in our history, we adopted nonpartisan judicial races. They used to be partisan, and they used to have a Democratic nominee and a Republican nominee. And we just, and the voters of Arkansas approved a constitutional amendment to make them nonpartisan. Well, that raised a practical problem. Uh, if there's, if in a normal circumstances, if you held the election in November and you had a runoff, counties all over the state didn't want to have runoff elections just for judicial races, which would have, you know, being nonpartisan, would have any number of people running in them. Uh, it's not cheap or easy to do a runoff election. And uh, they're also not as common as they are <laughs> this year. So they decided, hey, let's have the election in the spring whenever we have the primary, and we'll have the runoff in, if we need one in November on these judicial races. And that was the purpose of that. And so that, that schedule works for district judges uh, and circuit judges on the local level and then on the state level, court of appeals judges right. and Supreme Court, state Supreme Court judges, right. justices. Right. So, and in this, the race where we do have the statewide runoff, it's, uh, it's the incumbent Robin Wynn, who's mm -hmm. been on the state Supreme Court for, for a number of years, uh, against um, a, an opponent, Chris Carnahan. Mm -hmm. uh, and as I said, it's supposedly a a nonpartisan uh, election, uh, but this one has sort of taken on a partisan tone. Uh, the mm -hmm. the Republican Party of Arkansas has has endorsed a candidate, Chris Carnahan, um, and Chris Carnahan has in fact been a longtime uh, active Republican uh, uh, um, uh, party chairman at one and, time. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Robin Wynn had, was at one time a Democratic state representative, uh, state a legislator, ago, but yeah. uh, a number of years ago, and he's been uh, been a, a judge and now is a Supreme Court justice. So, so this one does have some some partisan overtones, even though they're 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 not identified on the ballot as one party or the other. Yeah, I'll put it this way: it's the, we all know which party they graduated from. Yeah, let's put it that way. <laughs> that's right. So it's also pretty unusual, uh, particularly in judicial races, for an incumbent to face a runoff uh, when yeah, they have opposition. That's true. And uh, that was there was it was a three-person primary uh, with with um, um, Justice uh, Wynn and Judge Carnahan, and then. Um, David Sterling was the other candidate, the third candidate, and he's been eliminated. And uh, but you know, it's not not very often that an incumbent ends up in a runoff, and here we are. There so, we go. Well, yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, and that'll be November eighth. So uh, while we're talking about the election, we should mention uh, early voting begins m on Tuesday, June fourteenth. That will go on for a week. The election itself is June twenty first. That is correct. All right. So. Um, before we go, Doug, uh, I know you've got a story coming on Sunday uh, that's about um, uh, how the, the primary election went with some of our new rules and uh, procedures for voting, mm -hmm. uh, ID, uh, new, new procedures with absentee ballots and early right. voting. So give us a little preview of that. Uh, these 
four of these new laws, which were passed after in the in the regular session, legislative session, uh, have been criticized as unconstitutional infringements on the voting rights of Arkansans. They're just you know basically some more hoops to to jump through if you're gonna gonna you know submit an absentee ballot. You've got to include a photo ID, that sort of thing, and. Uh, so that so this is actually a case pending before the state supreme court. Uh, the plaintiffs want a lower court ruling, but the court, um, you know, well, let me cut to the chase. Um, so they they say that these are un, these are unconstitutional infringements on people's ability to vote. So I called the Benton County and the Washington County, two big counties and ask them, hey, did these new laws create any significant obstacles? Did you have a lot of people who couldn't, couldn't, you know, weren't able to vote? Where there's, you know, a bunch of ballots thrown out, such as like that? And the answer is no. They had very few. Uh, and some of the people who, for instance, did not include, for whatever reason, a copy of their photo ID and absentee ballot came to the clerk's office and cleared the situation up. Not most of them, but, but we're talking, you know, like, very few ballots. Like uh, I'm trying to remember, in Washington County, there were like eight, which didn't matter, and which you know, they, and three of the people came in and got it all cleared up. Um, so what what happens in that situation if you don't have the proper ID? You can cast a provisional ballot, but yeah. you've got to bring the proper ID in before the end of, before the polls close, to, to so that your ballot will be counted. Well, you've got to bring it to the county clerk's office. Right, so that's the big that's yeah. the big hang up. You can't just go, oh, it's in my car, I left it in my purse or whatever, mm -hmm. and come back and show the poll worker your ID. Mm -hmm. You've got to go to the county clerk's office. Now I'm going to say. You know, this isn't exactly a completely fair test, and I'll say this. For one thing, a primary, especially in a non-presidential year, is just going to have like a fraction of the number of I think votes. it was less than a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. And of then, of so the registered voters. Yeah. So in addition to that, you've got the most highly motivated, politically active voters coming for a primary. Most folks who show up for a general election are, you know, don't live and breathe politics as much as a primary voter. So there's that factor. So the real test of this is going to be in November. But so far, like I say, it hasn't been the, it appears that it hasn't been the roadblock road that people feared it would be. We'll see what really happens in November, though. All right. Well, we'll look forward to seeing that story from you uh, in the weekend editions of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I want to thank my guest today. It's Doug Thompson. He's the political reporter for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and he uh, gave us a look at some of the primary uh, runoffs coming up uh, in this next week. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. Now let me tell you about some of the other great stories we've got coming your way in this weekend's editions of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Fayetteville's police chief wants to apply for a federal grant that would help pay for a new violent crime response unit in the department. The chief says he needs more officers to deal with the rise in violent crime. Stacy Ryburn will investigate. Tom Sissom will update us with the latest from the Washington County Criminal Justice Coordinating Committee, which has just issued a report on alternative programming to reduce overcrowding in the county jail. Monica Brick will tell us about a Fort Smith partnership to bring outdoor fitness courts to the city. All of this and much, much more will be available for our subscribers this weekend in our Replica apps and on our website. 
Non-subscribers can get in on the action by clicking on the subscribe button on our website at nwaonline.com. If you enjoy the news, share it with your friends and join us next Friday for a new edition. Thanks for listening today. This is Rusty Turner, the editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, saying so long. Music